Happy Wednesday morning, everyone. Welcome to the Airstream Chronicles podcast. My name is Rich Charpentier, and I'm the podcast host. And today is Wildcard Wednesday. So we've got our schedule of things to talk about, and today's going to be a very different one and probably a longer podcast. This is something I've been wanting to do for a while. So if you've wondered about my background and why I've been full-time RVing for so long, I'm actually going to uh, take you through the story. Now, up front, the story isn't full of happiness and uh, sunshine and rose petals. Um, some things happened back in uh, 2004 and 2005 that led me to full-time RVing. And I want to walk through the whole thing because I've been having some issues again. So my Airstream journey actually started with an illness and a big part of my Airstream life has been working with that illness and actually getting the illness properly identified. So if this sounds like a downer to you, I totally understand. And this is a podcast that you can completely and totally skip if you'd like, and you won't be hurting my feelings at all. But um, this is something that I've wanted to fully flush out for a long time. If you were a follower with the original Gadgets Airstream Chronicles, that evolved into the airstreamchronicles.com, um, then you're aware of a lot of the story because you probably read along while I was first traveling. So not trying to be a downer today, but um, real life happens, whether you live in an Airstream or a house or an apartment or whatever, wherever you choose to live. Um, sometimes there are things that you can't hook up your trailer and move away from. Sometimes you're bringing that baggage with you. And so I decided that this would be a good time to utilize the podcast platform, um, if nothing else for myself, just to um, talk it out again. And uh, maybe this will be of interest to some listeners, and maybe this story um, will help you with your own struggles. So this is a story about a long-term chronic illness, and... Yeah, it's a, it's a story about a long-term chronic illness that hasn't been fun, but it's what led me to this lifestyle. So with that in mind, let's start in with the conversation. We're going to jump all the way back to 2004. In the spring of 2004, my ex and I decided to purchase an Airstream for travel adventures and for weekend getaways to our property up in Jefferson, New Hampshire. We had a lot of plans for it, and so early spring, I think maybe it was uh, April of 2004, we purchased the Airstream from Marty's USRV down near Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Um, shortly after uh, purchasing the Airstream, I actually took my first big road trip with it. At the time, I was contracting for US Cellular, and we were building a new switch to cut over their telecommunications traffic um, from their old switch to their new switch. So I actually took the Airstream down to West Virginia for a while um, while I worked with U.S. Cellular while we were getting the cutover ready. While I was down in West Virginia, I wasn't feeling my best. I was actually having some pretty weird dizzy spells, and I thought it was just the long hours that I was working uh, and that I was just getting exhausted. After finishing out the contract with USL, I came back to New England, came back to my home in New Hampshire. I actually had kind of a really weird ride back. I was having some dizzy spells, hot flashes, um, hot and cold. It was kind of a fever thing. Uh, so it was a two-day trip back to New Hampshire, and I actually had to pull over a lot. 
for a while, I thought maybe I was nervous about driving the Airstream because I was still new to towing. But as it turns out, that wasn't the case. For the fall of 2004, I was still having some pretty strange problems. And right into the Christmas season, a couple of days before Christmas, something happened. Um, the si left side of my jaw blew up, and where I had had a um, new crown put in uh, not, long, not long before, uh, it turned out that I needed a root canal. So two days before Christmas, I had run to an emergency dentist. They ended up putting me on penicillin, and boy, did I feel a lot better really fast. My regular dentist was out of town. He was down in the Bahamas for the Christmas holiday. So we got together in January, and I ended up having to do a root canal. And I was feeling a lot better with the, um, with the penicillin, so that was fantastic. And I was also getting ready to contract with the U.S. Cellular again for another six months at the start of 2005. A few weeks after I had the root canal and I finished off my penicillin, we were in our backyard on a snowy Sunday, um, doing a burn pile. So we we're actually burning brush that we had clipped down over the year. And when you had a certain amount of snowfall on the ground, you could do that in uh, New Hampshire. So we were doing a burn pile and uh, my ex-brother-in-law and my ex-wife and myself. And um, while we were doing the burn pile, I suddenly felt extremely ill, severe pains in my gut. I mean, it was actually... Uh, it was a task to actually walk back up to my house that afternoon. I was feeling pretty rotten. And I always avoid doctors, um, just never been a big fan. I grew up in a research hospital um, due to my mom's aplastic anemia and bone marrow transplant, so I spent a lot of time in hospitals. And I hadn't seen a physician since I was a teenager. But after the, the extreme pain that I had that day while doing our burn pile, the next day, I went into Derry, New Hampshire um, to see a doctor. So my first doctor visit from uh, 1997, uh, no, not even, what am I saying, um, 1989 um, through 2005. So I really avoided doctors like the plague. So I went in, they did blood work, and they sent me on my way. It was a 45-minute drive there and a 45-minute drive home. And when I got home, I was still feeling horrible and nauseous and in a lot of pain. So the next day, I got a phone call from the Dairy Medical Center, and they said, you need to get in right away. Um, you've got an 18,000 white count, and we think your appendix is going to burst. So that was, that was a pretty freaky message to get. Um, I got into my truck. I drove all the way to Dairy. I was terrified, to be honest. I got there, and they pushed on my stomach a little bit and poked at me a little bit, and um, they said it wasn't my appendix and to go home. So I went back home feeling terrible and horrible, and I waited two weeks for a follow-up with them. And I went back in, and my white count was still through the roof, and they put me back onto antibiotics, and they sent me on my way again. So... We're now into March of 2004, and I'm getting sicker and sicker. I'm having huge dizzy spells at this point. Uh, I'm really messed up, and I'm not getting around so well. Um, the dizzy spells were scaring me to the point where I was actually afraid to drive. Um, I didn't want to pass out and have an accident with anyone or do anyone else any harm, so I started becoming very concerned about my own driving. I did manage to get back and forth to the physicians a few more times. 
And um, there was never any answers. I had an extremely high white count, which they were very concerned with. And they started telling me to not focus on this. They thought that I was very anxious, which I was. Um, if you get a gun, gunshot wound to the gut and you're bleeding out and you're in a lot of pain, there's a high probability that you're going to be anxious, let me tell you. But um, these guys kind of jumped to it right away, right in the first couple of weeks of seeing them. They were like, well, you seem pretty anxious. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm pretty anxious. You guys are telling me I've got a really high white count. It's concerning to you. I can see the concern on your face. But um, you're not really doing anything yet. So over the next few weeks, I was on antibiotics some more. Uh, I had some other strange feelings and wasn't doing so well. So suddenly they decided to put a heart monitor on me. Now, keep in mind, I'm 33 years old. I was in pretty good physical shape. We had hiked uh, the Appalachian Trail a couple of years before, so out backpacking and hiking for months on end and living out of tents, and so I wasn't this completely out-of-shape guy or something. But I kept getting worse, and so they put a heart monitor on me, and they, um, after doing the heart monitor, they said that they observed a PSVT, pseudocyanoventricular tachycardia. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> But the physician, the general practitioner that I was seeing at the Dairy Medical Center, Dr. Daly, um, after seeing this PSVT pop up one time, put me on a medication called Verapamil, um, which is for heart issues and um, helps lower your blood pressure. And I already had low blood pressure. So he put me on this medication and sent me to Manchester, New Hampshire to see a cardiologist there. That cardiologist decided to continue me on the Verapamil, and that was in May of 2004. So he did a quick medical workup. I spent very little time with him and uh, said that we were to continue me on Verapamil and that he would see me next May, um, <laughs> May of 2006. Sorry, I just got the dates wrong. So this stuff's going on in 2005. My apologies. Um, so I started on the Verapamil, knowing that I wouldn't see a cardiologist again for a year. I was still having all of these problems. So everyone kept suggesting anxiety. So I decided to go to a counselor who dealt with anxiety issues. And after going to him for several weeks, and my ex-mother-in-law was driving me at this point because I felt I couldn't drive, um, talking with the counselor, he said to me, you know, you are anxious. And he said, but looking at your medical records so far, you have a good reason to be anxious. And I'm happy to say that Wes, who was my uh, counselor, had a background in medicine as well. And so looking at my charts, looking at my information, looking at my blood work, um, Wes was very concerned that I wasn't getting treated well. By this point, we were heading into the summer and I was pretty down. We had moved the Airstream down to the lake um, that my dad lives on in Sutton, Massachusetts, just so I could be closer to family and friends and enjoy the lake, and hopefully that would get me out of the funk. Unfortunately, it didn't, and I continued getting worse. I continued seeing the counselor, and I kind of gave up on the doctors because I felt pretty damn dismissed. Um, you send me into a cardiologist, you put me on a medication that uh, makes me very exhausted and lowered my already low blood pressure. So I continued with the super high white count as well, and I gave up on the doctors for a couple of months. 
But finally, I was feeling so bad, and with the encouragement of Wes, the counselor, um, I decided to go to Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center and find a new general practitioner. So I met a really nice gentleman who had just left military service, and he was a physician. And we did a couple of things, because I was having some weird chest pains and things. So he started me on protonics, because he thought I had reflux disease. And he also sent me to the cardiologist at Dartmouth-Hitchcock, because he couldn't believe I was put on verapamil and didn't have a follow-up for a year. So we did some heart testing and some running on a treadmill and all that fun stuff. And they said, you know what? We need you to get off the verapamil now. You don't need this medication. So that was a good first step. We then, with Dartmouth-Hitchcock, started investigating more. They decided to do a colonoscopy and endoscopy because I was having a lot of abdominal pain still. And that's what this all started out with in February 2005. So, um... We, uh, we scheduled the colonoscopy and endoscopy, and then I was invited back in where I found out the diagnosis was that I had eosinophilic gastroenteritis and eosinophilic esophagitis. Bottom line, I had some kind of severe allergies, and my body was rejecting a lot of the foods that I was eating and not digesting them, and instead reacting to them as if they were an allergen. So they sent me to an allergist. We got my initial list of allergies. And two days before the whole final diagnosis thing, my ex-wife let me know that she was filing for divorce. So that was a very painful, very painful moment in my life. And I'm glad that I'm not doing this on video right now because uh, I get a little choked up with this one. But after being sick for uh, a year and being really scared and being anxious and not getting any solutions. I couldn't understand where she was coming from in a way. Uh, if I could have divorced myself from my body at the time, I would have. So with all this bad news, I made some decisions. I made some strange decisions. I talked to the, um, I talked to the gastrointestinal doctor, uh, Dr. Sutton, and I talked to him about the allergy list that the uh, allergist had just given me. And I asked him, what do you think about me living full-time in an Airstream as an environment that I can manage better with all of the allergies that you guys just told me I had? And Dr. Sutton thought that was a pretty amazing question. And he said, I, I bet you really could control your environment more. So I hooked up my Airstream and I moved it down to my dad's in Massachusetts for a while. And um, the divorce process began, and I was talking to some friends who were traveling the country, and they were in Texas at the time, and I made a decision. I couldn't just sit at my dad's place on the lake. Um, I had to do something. So the decision I made was a pretty weird one. Here I am feeling very ill, feeling very, very alone, and I decided to hook up my Airstream and take a trip across the country and take a trip to find locations where I felt better, where there weren't as many allergens out there that were impacting me. So I left New England and I left with a, a prescription for Entacort, which was a targeted, uh, a targeted steroid for my stomach, 
which did help ease some of the pain and made made uh, daily life a lot easier on me. So I greatly appreciated that, that we were in the right direction um, with the gastrointestinal doctor. So I hit the road and I started traveling with the Airstream uh, in 2006, in the late spring of 2006. And I crossed the country down to Texas, met up with my friends, went up into Colorado and Nevada and California and, uh, oh yeah, New Mexico and Oregon and Washington State. And I did some pretty heavy traveling over the course of a couple of months. By late summer of 2006, I still wasn't feeling really well. And I'd actually gotten in touch with an old friend from college who had become a physician. She was in Tampa, Florida, and invited me to come down to see if she couldn't help me figure some things out, because I, I still didn't feel like I had all the answers. So end of August of 2006, I found myself coming into um, Tampa, Florida. I met up with my old friend at her office, and she had a series of tests done on me and blood work done on me. And... Um, when she got the results, she contacted me immediately and she said to me, Rich, you need to come into my office right away. You've got a raging infection somewhere in you and we need to find it or it's going to kill you. So that was an interesting start to September of 2006. And over the next few weeks, we did a lot of testing. I had a lot of referrals to allergists. Um, I had a second colonoscopy and endoscopy and... Um, we really didn't find much. I still had this raging infection going on somewhere. And um, we were, we, at the time, we had me on amoxicillin, and we were using another medication, Augmentin, to amplify the amoxicillin. But it really didn't help, and I actually started becoming worse physically and emotionally. It was, uh, I was getting pretty devastated. And at that point, my friend suggested to me, how about some antidepressants? To my knowledge, antidepressants do not counteract an infection. Um, to my knowledge, um, antidepressants kind of help you blank out. While I was sad because my divorce had just finalized and because I've been so sick for so long, I wanted to be able to know what was going on with my body physically. So I took a pass on the antidepressants. And um, I actually ended up going back home to New England for a few months. So I spent Christmas and New Year's back in New England with my family. And thank you, Dad. He came down to Florida and actually helped me drive the Airstream back up uh, to get home. So big thanks, Dad. Um, after being at their home for a couple of months, I decided I was going to hit the road again with the Airstream and just manage this on my own. So once again, the Airstream went across the country, and I ended up out in Anzaborrego, California, meeting up with some other Airstreamers. So now, here we are in early 2007. Number one, the desert out there at that time of year, um, early on, didn't have a lot of pollen or anything, so I actually felt pretty good out there. I felt a little more normal. And so I spent several weeks out there, met up with friends, and then pointed the Airstream back toward Colorado because I'd enjoyed Colorado in 2006 and I thought maybe I'd go back there. And um, on my travels to Colorado, my GPS misdirected me. And it, uh, it gave me a pretty crazy route um, to Cortez, Colorado from Anzabrago, California, which took me through Prescott, Arizona. 
So March 13th of 2007, I pulled through Prescott, Arizona, and I actually decided to stay for a while, as uh, longtime readers and listeners might know. So that's my discovery of Prescott, and um, Prescott is kind of what I call home. So over the next few months, I enjoyed myself in Prescott. I did some job interviews, and I also got a new local physician, Dr. Aranda, uh, who's still my physician to this day. So I kind of made home out of Prescott, and I was feeling pretty good here. Um, There was a lot of different trees and plants here that um, I hadn't been exposed to before, so I didn't have allergies to them yet. And... um, The place seemed to be working out very well for me, but um, the medical stuff was still going on uh, in 2007, so I was visiting Dr. Aranda and trying to figure some additional things out. In the meantime, I was also trying to rebuild my life. So um, 2005 was basically an entire year of me being sick at home in New Hampshire. 2006 found me on the road for part of the year and doing more medical testing for the end of the year. And 2007 found me just saying, to heck with it, hook up the Airstream, find a, find a place to be. And I did, Prescott, Arizona. So I started rebuilding my life here. And over the next couple of years, I was doing all right. I was still always running a high white count. And I had doctors say to me, maybe you just run high. Um, I was more than two standard deviations above the norm, so that always disturbed me. Um, And that's the economist in me. But um, I continued on. I worked around the food allergies, some severe food allergies, allergies that actually lead to anaphylactic shock for me. And anaphylactic shock can lead to death. So I'm very cautious about food even to this day because I've developed more food allergies. But for a few years, I was doing okay here. And then In 2010, I started having some major jaw pain and stuff. You know, remember that root canal all the way back at the start of 2005? Yeah, I remember it too. I was referred to an oral surgeon here in town, and I had a dentist here in town that I went to twice a year like you're supposed to. And upon meeting the oral surgeon, he did did a uh, x-ray and came in and started yelling at me. He asked me if I why hadn't I been to a, a dentist before and what's going on? Because I had an infection still where my root canal had been done. So we put me on Cipro for a bit. We redid the root canal. And finally, after redoing the root canal, I still had some problems. So we actually removed the tooth. Upon removing the tooth, my white count went to normal for the first time since 2005. So let me see. I walked around with a smoldering infection in my jaw from 2005 to 2010. Now, I wish I could say that was the end of the story. It's not. But I will say that I had a hell of a lot of relief in 2010. I felt a lot better, and um, I didn't feel like I was pushing through a fog every day because we'd finally addressed the ongoing infection that everyone was so concerned about. The root canal was done wrong back in New England, and the oral surgeon here, Dr. Brimhall, was such an awesome guy. Um, He said to me while he was while he was dealing with me, he said, "You know, this is why you got to go to a specialist. This is why you can't just go to a regular dentist to have an uh, to have a 
um, a root canal done, you've got to go to a specialist. He says, I don't know why they, some of these guys who are regular dentists also do root canals. It makes no sense. So he was pretty infuriated. And he was also the first doctor that didn't charge me for anything. After everything I'd been through when I went to his receptionist at the end of it all, I was prepared to write them a check. And the receptionist let me know um, that Dr. Brimhall did not want payment from me. So he really brought some good relief into my life, and that was greatly appreciated. <laughs> there are still some weird things going on, and you know, here and there, some flare-ups of the medical issues. But basically, from 2010 to 2014, I was doing pretty darn good. And in 2014, I started feeling like I felt when I had that infection in my jaw. Um, we had been on the road a bit in 2012 and 2013. I was contracting in West Virginia for a gas and oil company doing a new mobile database for them. And in 2014, we came back to Prescott and I followed up with my physician at that point in time. And we found the elevated white count again, and we weren't quite sure of what was going on. So I continued having allergy problems, and I started developing outdoor allergy problems here in Prescott as well. And doing my allergy testing, my allergens had increased. So more outdoor allergies and a lot more food allergies. So my diet is incredibly boring, but I do have to stick to it um, because so many things offer up the potential for anaphylactic shock for me. So I'm very careful about what I eat. Um, we continued uh, monitoring me and, um, you know, never quite had it pinned down. Then in 2016, while we were working with a client in Mancos, Colorado, I accidentally breathed in some sesame oil. And I hadn't been allergic to sesame, but that day my body decided I was allergic to sesame. So I had an anaphylactic reaction, ended up in an emergency room. Um, was not a fun day. And after we finished our contract with our client, we headed back down to Prescott, Arizona, where I followed up with my physician and found out I had a lot more allergies. We also decided it was time for me to have a colonoscopy again because it had been a while. And I talked to the GI and told him about the pains in my chest that I was having. So he decided to order a couple of additional tests. And that year, one of the results of the tests, they actually tested my gallbladder and apparently it was in total failure. So end of, uh, end of the summer 2016, I removed my gallbladder. Well, I didn't. Uh, the folks here in town did. Um, that didn't really help me feel any better. Uh, it laid me up for a couple of weeks, and it led to over $30,000 in medical bills because they didn't like my insurance company. So that was a, an odd end to the year, and it took a while to pay off the medical bills, but we did it. And 2017, I was feeling a little better at the start of the year. But then, strangely enough, at the start of the spring, I had another incident where the side of my face blew up near where I'd had that root canal. I keep coming back to the root canal, don't I? So I ended up in an ER, and they did some scans, and once again, elevated white count. And they sent the scan information along to Dr. Aranda, and apparently my thyroid was inflamed. So 2017, last year, Dr. Aranda sent me to an endocrinologist, and as it turns out, I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I don't know if I've had it the whole time or not, but we do know that I have it now. 
And um, it took a while to get into the endocrinologist. I first saw her last summer um, in Phoenix in July. I actually got in early. And sure enough, my thyroid is enlarged and I do have Hashimoto's. But we didn't start any kind of treatment in July. And the endocrinologist said that she'd see me again in December, which we did. And um, <laughs> so the, the medical system, by the way, has been slow to react the whole time. Um, I find myself waiting on doctors a lot. So we get test results and okay, well, you can see this specialist in two months or three months, and then you see the specialist and they don't want to see you again for another six months. It's very taxing on the nerves, let me tell you. But, um, so I started feeling better last fall and into the winter and this spring, I was feeling great, good enough to take the Airstream down to Borrego Springs to meet up with friends good enough to take the Airstream up to Lake Powell and to Cortez this spring to do a little camping with friends and then visit with a friend in Cortez. And um, while I was in Lake Powell, I had some allergic reactions again because springtime. Um, so when I came back, I did some follow-ups with my physician again because I said to him, I'm, I'm feeling pretty weird. And so we did our blood work and sure enough, severely elevated white count again this spring. And um, Memorial Day weekend, I spent the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend helping a friend with an art show on the square. Um, he had to take his mother to, the, uh, to a hospital. She is 97, and she is having some problems. So I watched his art booth for him at the Fippin Show on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. And on Sunday at home, I felt horrible. And then I started having vision problems. So at my right eye, I could not focus for days. So I had an emergency appointment with my physician again. We ran a bunch of tests again. And um, he also referred me to an ophthalmologist. So recently had an MRI. And so the end result of all of that is that I've got a severe sinus infection still right now as we speak. And that sinus infection was causing problems with my right eye. Since we've addressed the infection, the eye is doing better, the focusing is doing better, but I'm still extremely, extremely dizzy. So we're still working on that, and I'm starting on a new medication today. So there's the quick and dirty wrap-up. So what we've been told over the years was that I had an eosinophilic condition, which is causing me to have all these allergies. Then we found out years later that I did, in fact, have a raging infection still in my jaw, and my jaw just never blew up, so it, it, there was no indicators of it. Even when it first happened in 2004, and then I had my root canal in 2005, my original dentist, Dr. Scott, back in, um, back in New England, didn't see anything wrong with my jaw. And it wasn't until he did an x-ray that he said, oh my God, the tooth is dead. And how, how have you not been in amazing pain for months? And I wasn't. I'd had some hot and cold flashes and dizzy spells in 2004, like I said, but it was probably going on that far back. So in the end, my Airstream journey really started with an illness and a divorce. And I, I didn't know what else to do with myself. Um, I was feeling too sick to work. Um, I really couldn't give 100% at the time like I used to. So hooking up the Airstream and seeing the country, I, I figured was better 
than sitting in a driveway feeling sorry for myself. So that's what started my full-timing lifestyle. And I found over the years that the Airstream is an environment that I can manage the allergies in better. It's such a small environment. So I'm kind of like the bubble boy, I guess you could say. And my allergies have been really bad this year. So between the flare-up that I've had since Memorial Day weekend through to, to, to today, I'm still having a rough time. We're still looking into things. We're doing more allergy testing. But we're still not certain where this, um, where this high white count is coming from once again. It might be the sinus infection. It might be something else. But so my story is, um, let me see, 2004 to 2018. It's a 14-year it's a medical story. I really feel in 2005 that I was mishandled by the um, physicians at the Dairy Medical Center. I don't mean to throw them under the bus, but I think they can go under the bus still. Um, it was the worst care I've ever had. They treated me like I, was, um, I had medical anxiety really fast. And um, I'm a guy who hadn't been to a physician in a decade. I avoid physicians. I, I still, to this day, I don't want to spend my time visiting with Dr. Aranda. He's a very nice guy, but I'm tired of bothering him. Um, he said to me multiple times that I'm a very interesting case. So in the end, we know that I do have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and we're talking about uh, um, uh, change in prescriptions here at the end of the month. So I've contacted my endocrinologist, and we're doing some more blood work. So a big part of why the Airstream isn't on the road sometimes isn't just my fondness for Prescott, Arizona. It's the fact that I'm planning my life around the next physician appointment. Um, currently, with how dizzy I am, I wouldn't trust myself towing the Airstream anyways. And um, that's just me being safe. And it's not just me being safe for myself. It's me being safe for other people. A super dizzy guy driving a 25-foot Airstream, um, that sounds like a road hazard to me. So I... Um, I know my own limitations. I know when I'm feeling bad. I know when it's real. And um, long-term chronic illness sucks. Can I just say that? So this has been the bane of my existence for quite a while. And I'm sorry for such a long and strange podcast, but I really wanted to talk this out um, because where I'm at right now, you know, I was feeling great um, from January through through my um, allergic reaction up at Lake Powell at the end of April, start of May. And, you know, I wasn't feeling horrible in May, but then Memorial Day weekend just torpedoed me. So if you're, all, if you're ever wondering why isn't the Airstream on the road right now, Rich is just parked in one place, uh, doesn't sound like an exciting full-time life, now you know why. Well, this story makes me personally sad sometimes, um, you know, especially like right now, since I'm kind of in it again. Um, while it makes me sad, it also makes me pretty proud of myself at moments. Um, I was feeling horrible in 2006 with a very weird diagnosis. Rather than curl up in a ball and give up, I hooked up my Airstream and I said, I'm going to go see some things. Um, if not now, when? And that's how I feel today, too. I, I would like to hook up the Airstream right now and just get out of town and just have a getaway. 
But I'm waiting on the next medical test. I'm waiting on the next visit with my doctor. I'm going to see the allergist on Friday again. I have an appointment with a neurologist at the start of September because they were concerned with the dizziness and the inability to focus with my right eye for uh, a little while that there might have been something neurological going on. I don't think there is. I think it is the sinus infection. Um, I think it's the elevated white count. And right now, my right eye is working a lot better. But bottom line, um, since Memorial Day weekend, I've been having doctor appointments and waiting for the next doctor appointment. But like I said, I'm still proud of myself for how I've handled it and the fact that it hasn't driven me bonkers yet. And the Airstream has been here through this entire story. This has been my bubble. So I, sometimes I do feel like the bubble boy with the allergies. But this has been um, this has been my portable home and my my safe spot through all of this. And it's afforded me the ability to, even though I've been sick over the years, I have gone to amazing places. I've had the opportunity to photograph amazing places. I've gotten to see and do things that other people can only imagine and that they've never uh, gone to see and, you know, they've never done those things. So... So there's my point of pride there, and I'm happy that I had the Airstream through all of this. It's It's been my lifeboat, and it's been an amazing lifeboat. So, so there you go. There's the story, and it's not the full story. I could go into all the minutiae and details, but I'm not going to. Bottom line, so we do know that I have an autoimmune disorder. We do know that um, I've got weird and crazy white counts and high eosinophil levels, and that my thyroid hormone levels are way off. We just found that out with the last test uh, just a few days ago. In the end, so I'm still sticking around dealing with the medical profession here in Prescott. And so that's a big part of why the Airstream hasn't moved this summer. Um, I need to stay close to the physicians and get those appointments done and see if we can't get whatever this next stage of it is under control. So occasionally I am going to do podcasts uh, about dealing with chronic illness because it is a huge part of my life. It's as much a part of my life as the Airstream is. It's as much a part of my life as my business is. It affects me on a daily basis. It restricts some of the things I can do. Um, and I push through as much as I can. But reality is I'm still, you know, I'm walking this strange tightrope. It's not a fun tightrope. But it's the tightrope that I've been given. So, um, so yeah, so there you go. And sorry for the pauses and stutters here and there in this one. Um, this whole topic does get me a little emotional. Don't worry, I'm not depressed or anything. I, um, I'm managing it and I'm getting through it. And I've had a lot of practice managing it uh, for over a decade now. At some point, I'd like to say, hey, we've got it all under control. I'm feeling awesome, and let's hit the road for six months again. And hopefully, in the near future, we can do that once more. Well, all right, everyone. Um, if you actually made it through this, thanks for listening. And like I said, don't take this as a downer. This is just the reality of part of my Airstream life, and it's part of my journey. And we've all got our challenges. Um, we've all been through it. So you might not have experienced what I've experienced, but I know that you have your own stories as well. 
So now you have a little more information um, as to the Airstream Chronicles and uh, my choice of this as my lifeboat as I've been on this long, long medical journey, which hopefully we'll have some more answers and solutions to this fall. As always, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day, especially on a podcast this long. Tomorrow, we'll be back to talking about mobile tech for the Airstream and mobile tech for highly mobile professionals, because it's uh, Tech Talk Thursday. In the meantime, I've got to start into some work for my clients. I am running behind today at 7.10 a.m. I knew this was going to be an extra long one. Thanks again for stopping in, and we'll look forward to having you back tomorrow. Thank you.